0: Hey folks, uh, this is Anatoly and you're listening to the Solana podcast and today I have with me Michael, who's the CEO co-founder of Fireblocks. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, for sure. Really, really cool for you to join. Um, can you give like a a brief intro of kind of who you are, how you, how you got into crypto, what, what Fireblocks does?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh. Personally, I spent the last uh, two decades in the in the cybersecurity space. Uh, maybe a bit more. Um, always when I, when I say it, it, always makes me feel a bit old. But uh, basically, started about two decades ago in the in the Israeli Cyber Command, uh, where, I, where I served as a, as part of my uh, compulsory service. And then uh, about ten years ago, I started my previous company, which was called Lacoon. What we did. Was a cybersecurity solution for mobile devices for enterprise clients. So uh, all of the big tech companies and financial uh, institutions and uh, insurance companies and so on were using our, our platform. And the the goal there was actually, you know, if you get if if people still remember that moment where uh, you started to buy iPhones and Android devices and come with those devices to work and ask people ask your IT department to connect. Uh, uh those devices to the email and to the business applications and they freaked out so we basically created a solution that uh, was securing those devices from cyber attacks um, so we were quite successful in uh with our platform and uh, we grew that business over about uh, three and a half years and then we got acquired by a company called checkpoint and uh, checkpoint for the listeners that are not familiar, that the biggest cybersecurity company globally. I mean, I'm not sure where the market right now, but about 20 billion dollars company. And so they they acquired our previous business, and for about three years, I was running their mobile and cloud security portfolio, which is essentially their innovation portfolio, as they've actually invented the firewall in the 90s. So they sort of wanted to step into into the future, and that's what we 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 did there, and. I guess the story of how we sort of uh, uh, came about crypto and uh, and uh, started to work in this space is uh, is quite interesting. Uh, in 2017 when I was still working at uh, Checkpoint we uh, because we were sort of very well known for our expertise around mobile security we we were part of an investigation around the hack that happened in South Korea so about four exchanges over there got hacked in 2017 by the North Koreans, and they basically steal $200 million worth of Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency. So we were part of that investigation team. And uh, I guess, you know, I've spent the, most of my career in the cybersecurity space, but you rarely see someone uh, loses $200 million overnight, right? So that sort of triggered my, uh, my interest. And um, we started digging in, uh, both on the technology side and the business side, And uh, we understood that there is sort of a huge gap, uh, especially for institutional uh, uh, customers to really bring security and availability and accessibility and operations around crypto to the market. Because the things that existed back in the days were either cold storage, which takes you 24 hours to, to make a withdrawal. And or you know hot wallets that were insecure, right? So or, yep. or all kind of like you know, solutions like Ledger Nano's that are secure but they are not institutional. And we really came up with a with a platform that is designed for uh, or an infrastructure basically that is designed for uh, for uh, um, big financial instit- institutions that are scaling and really allowing them to properly set it, set it up, be secure and uh, operate across a really
0: wide range of business models that's awesome but i mean that's fascinating um like uh i think like my my experience with crypto has been this kind of slow realization how like revolutionary the space is even when i started solana i was like i don't know like this seems like <laughs> is there a real use case yet um but every like every time i you know every day that passes i feel like. This is something world-changing. And a big part of it in my mind is the fact that, like, I almost see that Bitcoin created um, crypto because it forced us to learn how to sign stuff, right? It actually forced us how to learn how to sign cryptographically in a secure way. Yeah, like, I, like my, my, I came from Qualcomm, right? Like, and that's like a big mobile company. It took, like, three months and, like, a dozen meetings to get a single code blob signed. Right. Yeah. No, that's
1: that's true. That's a that's a, a fairly uh, known issue in this uh, space. Even you know for, uh, but now nowadays I think like you know especially if you, if you look at uh, folks like uh, Apple and Google, clearly to go. The, I mean the the code signing aspect became way more uh, industry standard, right? Um yep. But it's it's new, right? It's not uh, it's
0: five years, right? It's not uh, decades. So they may be like, right. Like they may be signed like, you know, a hundred apps every two weeks. Right. Like, yeah, but how many signatures does Binance generate every day? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> we, <we're> signing hundreds <laughs> of
1: hundreds of thousands of transactions uh, for our customers, our customers are signing hundreds of thousands of transactions uh, per month. And that's like uh, doubling every quarter. So, uh, we, yeah, definitely, as I always say, it takes this private public key concept into the mass market right this is not something that people or there wasn't really a use case for
0: something like this at that scale maybe except of you know tls right which is yep but that's that's really small right tls is like the like what what's fascinating to me about this is that like you know like there's really brilliant folks in the 80s like leslie Lamport wrote all these papers about you can solve and generals with cryptography and identity, right? And a fully connected network, right? Like we have yeah. the internet, which is basically fully connected and Bitcoin, which is funny in itself that it's an general solution that didn't depend on identity, right? Created this like environment where now we have like, basically cryptography that my parents could almost use, you know, like my, I, I feel like my dad could like take a letter and sign with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe uh, like a mobile app, yeah. I'm right, to, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that my mom would, would sign with a ledger, yeah. Well, it's getting close, right? It, yeah. It's like maybe like two years away from that. And so like imagine now a world where you have a billion people that know how to sign stuff, right? right? Like I think that is like, that is like the world that we're creating, right? And this is like to me as kind of mind boggling as an idea as the internet itself and why I'm like, why I think I kind of became obsessed with it like <laughs> more and more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the power is uh, maybe, you know, the, there is sort of the the instrument, which is signing, but I think that the, the more powerful part is really what they're able to achieve. And this is this um, real decentralization and redevelopment, reduction of trust that is required for all of those operations that I think philosophically, you know, especially I think it, it has a maybe much broader uh, implication than even in, in capital markets in finance. But I think that even within the scope of finance and capital markets, the fact that you sort of collapse this really expensive pyramid of trust that you know uh was um both you know both expensive but also like it wasn't perfect right i mean you know yep. we, every couple of years we have a financial crisis and you know even i think now it's a it's journey speaking a timely conversation with everything that is going on in the markets where we even there's like huge uncertainty of uh, where this is going to lead the fact that uh you can disintermediate to a certain extent. I, I don't think that the banks are going away, but I think that uh, the fact that you can basically flatten it and reduce and remove a lot of those centralized trusted parties from the transactions and so on, I think it will actually have huge implications around you know transparency, uh, around financial services, around accessibility for
0: people who didn't had access to that before and just generally speaking the cost yeah i mean the cost is astronomical if you kind of look at like the numbers that like the like the the big firms like the big auditing or like consulting firms publish it's like 20 trillion dollars a year spent on finance <laughs> that's like if if we can like remove that with software we can give everybody basically one day off a week without changing their standard of living
1: yeah, I mean, I think that uh, for me, the big, the, the first time that I really was blown away with it is, uh, and that's like a real story. We allow our customers to pay, uh, so we charge basically a recurring license fee right, for our, our software, and most of our customers initially were paying us with a wire, uh, and we also had like a Stripe account, right, that you can pay us with credit cards yeah. for really small transactions. And at some point, basically, we had a customer that wanted to pay us, uh, I think like you know thirty. 30, he had to pay us $30,000, but uh, and uh, my one of our sales ladies, she called me and said, hey, he wants to pay with a credit card. Can we give him the, the link to Stripe? And I told her, are you, you crazy? Like they're charging at 3% on the transaction. Why would we pay $1,000 to yeah.
0: process
1: uh, <laughs> that for Stripe? And then we basically tell them, you know, pay in stable coins. So they send us, I think, USDC or Paxos, right? And that, that transaction cost us 50 cost them 15 cents uh it took it took 15 seconds to settle right in our wallet and i think within 45 minutes 45 seconds we were we already transferred it from you know usdc to into our bank accounts in dollars right so it sort of shows you the margins that can be collapsed the improvements in speed uh and i think that uh you know, when I need to expand people from finance and they're like, why do we need this? We already have finance that is working. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, you need to pay every time you buy coffee, you pay 3% to someone. Why? Yep. You know, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, like, this is like, we have like, you know, we're a startup. We have folks that are doing on the finance side that are not like crypto people. They're just like came from Silicon Valley, like Google finance, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed that uh, they started preferring USDC stablecoin transfers over any other kind of like bank operations. And th- this was like, without me like telling them, hey, go do this thing. It's just like on their own, they're like, this is way better and easier to use. And like this, like really boring stuff, I think is like revolutionary, like, <laughs> like the most yeah. boring thing. <laughs> right? That's like,
1: no, the most, I mean, it's so it's so simple but it's also so powerful so we we also we're moving most of our payments and treasuries and nowadays we really incentivize most of our customers to pay us with uh, with stablecoin um for,
0: i think I you know, from every aspect it's uh it's more powerful have have you been following like the kind of the rebase based stablecoin the uh like ample yam uh based how, yeah, how deep, totally how deep exactly. are you into crypto twitter <laughs> uh
1: i guess less uh I'm, I'm you know following with something something big happens over there but uh <laughs> the the algorithm to, to your question to your point i think the algorithmic stable coins are also a very interesting concept i, I think there is some still work that needs to be done over there right
0: yeah i, I think like to me i think the the idea of it's probably flawed. There's no mathematical construct you could do that uh, could, especially one that at least co- has some non-zero cost to transfer, right? Like it's always going to be losing value. Like I think <laughs> there's no way it can stay stable to a dollar if somebody's extracting value out of it, even if it's just like the Ethereum transaction fees, right? Like it's going to like slowly decrease just from that. Um, I think what's interesting, yeah, like, right? No, but, like, but
1: but I think it's true. But I think this is I think that where 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 the power is, right? Because when you're paying with a credit card, uh, with Visa, with your Visa credit card, right? Uh, it, there is no like the regulation for for the sake of trust, right? Because you don't want to be defrauded, right? So for this trust that this credit card is not going to be defrauded, you the regulator basically allowing visa or mastercard all those guys to eventually extract three percent right and when you're paying with a stable coin, although you need to pay the ethereum fees right uh the the advantage there is that there is like a real-time bid right you have thousands of miners that are going to bid on like you know what's the fee that you're supposed yeah. to pay right and it makes the makes the system much more i mean i guess
0: drives the system to a real efficiency do you think that uh, it's possible to have a stable coin that's purely algorithmic that has no, nothing backing it
1: i mean I, no, I don't know like you know that's uh i think that's beyond my uh capacity you know to, to really analyze i know they're like you know very smart people that are trying right so uh, yeah.
0: i i think like the interesting part to it isn't the stable coin part it's that um like almost like the governance side to it, it seems like an idea as silly as like ninety six somebody telling me that like imagine a social graph where people just send each other pictures of cats and like share share what they ate for breakfast right like and that's worth, worth being worth half a trillion dollars or a trillion dollars, whatever Facebook is worth today, right like I would think that's a that there's no way right like internet yeah. 1996, I think that like what are the use cases it's finance right it's it's hard business but I think as an engineer I always miss like the entertainment aspect of it and how powerful that is right like how how like weirdly important it is for connection and I think like if we have a world where we have like you know a billion people like my dad the ledgers that can sign stuff and now they're able to coordinate all together over something that has no value right (laughs) a stable coin right like with no nothing really backing it i think that in itself creates value right like just the fact that you can well i mean you know bitcoin is (laughs) i
1: mean you know what bitcoin is there as people that are that like as the bitcoin maxima say like one bitcoin is always one bitcoin
0: right yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly
0: (laughs) i mean like do you do you believe in the store value use case for for proof of work? I think that i uh,
1: I appreciate the story around uh, you know around uh, bitcoin um, I think that i mean at the end of the day uh similar to gold, i guess you know the story of uh, store of value is fundamentally a belief right so if there is enough um if the if the if there are enough uh individuals that uh hold uh that belief and if uh, essentially there is no nothing that is flawed in the mechanism behind it right then uh, i think that uh it's definitely a mechanism for store of value right uh, is that like you know st- an absolute store of value i don't know like you know even if you're following gold It's not basically, it's not always the most stable. I mean, it performed well over the years, but uh, it does have correlations to a variety
0: of uh, outside events, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I think liquidity crunches and things like that. But, like, gold is, like, is in a sense, like, like, there's some belief around the that if you, like, that there's a limited supply of gold, right? And the fact that it's limited and hard to get more of it creates value, right? But, you know, something like a stable coin without anything backing it, right? You can go fork and create this project, right? I can go <laughs> I can go take, you know, yams and create like turnips, right, and <laughs> or whatever. And so that's why I don't think that yam is, uh, I mean, I don't think that people view yam as a store of
1: value, I think that, uh, you know, after we saw the the reason why I'm saying like you know Bitcoin, not Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV or or you know or Dogecoin or you know <laughs> the the 200 other forks of Bitcoin that uh, currently exist out there is that I I think that at some um, at some point above a certain threshold uh, with enough people, if they essentially able to define. Something that is, I mean, it's its a bit like, you know, like gold, there are also uh, 10 other different, uh, you know, metals with limited supply, right? That are out there. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that people actually view them as, uh, as um, a store of value, right?
0: So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, elements above a certain number yes. are just only created during a supernova, right? So There's not that many of them. There's not that. If many you want, of them. you can
1: connect. You, you know, you can actually uh, generate it in a, in a nuclear reactor, right? You can do nuclear fusion and
0: uh, generate the element. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> that is that is yes, that is equivalent to proof of work, right? So. so it's, <laughs> That is the ultimate proof of work, right? Is 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 Bitcoin equivalent to a, a yeah. fusion reaction to generate? That, that's like real elements. mining. Basically that's kind said. of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I suppose that is like so. Fundamentally, I think this is where the that belief comes from: is that like it takes real <laughs> entropy to generate yeah. these things, right? Like and a lot of it. <laughs> but uh, I I think like. Uh, There is, like, a weird weird thing about, like, creating a network of humans that is so connected that um, that in itself is, like, just really unlikely to dissipate, right? Like, I think, like, the world is so connected now that the Internet is basically here to stay, even despite of, like, the great firewalls and things like that. Yeah, I I think that uh, (laughs) uh, as long as uh, people have their
1: freedom or still believe in freedom even in countries where they have great firewalls, uh, I think that there is still a, a <laughs> sub to, subset of people that are really, uh, you know, eager to find their way out, then the internet exists. And, you know, and I guess to a certain extent, even within those firewalls, right? They have their own internet. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. And it it's like, it's not like blocking packets, is the same thing as blocking yeah. ideas, right? <laughs> Right, like, humans, if they can start interconnecting, right, easily, right, to any other human on the other side of the world, we can kind of talk to each other, even if there is firewalls, you know, Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, you guys are kind of more in the forefront of institutional kind of use cases and users coming into the space, like, which is kind of, I think, far far from where we're at in this like, really direct to consumer almost part part of the industry. Um, what what are like, what is an institutional? What, what kind of, what is that? Like, <laughs> it's just like that word is kind of meaningless. Like, who are these people? Like, is it the Goldman Sachs of the world or is it still like
1: uh, No, I think it's, uh, I mean, funds? it's both. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, the crypto specific funds Definitely, I mean, I think their quantity in, in the market, the increasing and decreasing, you know, with the overall uh, market cap, right? So things go well, you see more funds coming in, you see, uh, you see the market uh, goes down, then some of those guys uh, disappear. Uh, I think what we're seeing right now, which is extremely interesting, and I think that this is very positive is you know uh the goldman sachs right in the broader sense not specifically like you know goldman sachs is goldman sachs but really the the most the biggest and the most important logos that you have in you know wall street and london and frankfurt and uh, you know singapore and so on that they are basically setting up their infrastructure to enter this space um i think that uh, um they were already on the path of uh, moving forward with uh, with blockchain uh, technologies. On um, I would say like you know more. It's more like the stable the and stable capital market, and tokenization use cases. But I think that the recent events with the pandemic and COVID really pushed the the appreciation that you know. With how, with with everything that is going on right now in the financial markets, Bitcoin is actually worth sort of like, w- worth risking for, right? Because they, they see, you know, at the end of the day, all of those institutions are, uh, it's very different from retail, of course, uh, are fairly complex political and, uh, organizations that, uh, in order to, move forward with a the project, they need um, a lot of different, I mean, beyond the fact that they say, well, this is cool, this is the future, we need to be there, then a lot of questions are being asked is like, you know, why now? How much revenue are we able to get in the next year from that? What about compliance? What is the risk that we can be fined against it? Like, you know, how the regulator will view our other activity uh, if we start to deal with uh, with this, right? So it's it's a huge group of people that need to basically agree upon entering the space and i think that the the really positive uh, signal is that because a lot of the regulators in the last year sort of gave a green light so i think it started with the singaporean uh, uh monetary uh, uh, with the mis that uh, basically put the right the regulation in place and then you know, the Germans came with the buffing license. And now in the United States, we see the announcement from the OCC, that sort of like, you know, created, or I would say it basically took down the last sort of like, you know, resistance uh, from those people to actually start moving into this space. And I think that overall for the, I mean, I think people would debate if it's good or not, because clearly the, You know you go back to the origins of bitcoin and uh uh, you know and people would claim well we never invited those guys right (laughs) uh yeah so they're like unwelcome (laughs) but i think that uh if we really want to see a mass adoption and maybe like you know the future in 30 years will be a future in which those organizations do not exist or they exist in like you know some in some other shape or form. I remember this like famous article from Gartner that they said that, uh, I think Gartner has a prediction. Gartner is like, you know, one of the biggest uh, research analyst firms in the world. And they have a prediction that uh, like 80% of the banks by the year 2030 will disappear or something like that. Um, So I don't know if that will be the, the end, I don't know if that will be the end state, but I think that essentially, those guys are almost like the on-ramp for the mass market, right? They are able to really set the bridge for people that are um, just regular people to get into the space because they are able to not only like you know give them access to the technology and things like that, but in some ways like you know they are their trusted advisors. Uh, they carry this trust and they can sort of propagate that trust into this untrusted world of blockchain. Which is funny because we're all about removing yeah. the need for Yeah, trust but, but, but I guess, like, right? you know, my point is that <laughs> it's very difficult to, like, uh, the, the, there is this uh, saying in French that uh, if you want to... Uh, if you want to make a, a frog soup, I mean, it's so not like a vegetarian phrase, but like you know, if you want to make a frog, a frog soup, you don't throw the frog into boiling water. You need to basically throw, put him into <laughs> into a room temperature water and like you know, hit the heat the water slowly, and then it basically doesn't it, it doesn't jump out. So I think that the the idea, you know, some of the ideas that uh, when you're comfortable with the technology are so radically different especially around all those trust assumptions that i think we need some gradual process that will change the mind of people you know people you you ask yourself like how much you know not people not many people know but you know it took 60 years for credit cards to to get to some level of uh, mass adoption right so um those processes they take time and hopefully with blockchain it's not going to take 60 years but i think that uh we need some of those guys to do the hard work for us in terms of educating people to basically get to this one.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, like, actually, like, I think the yeah. was it AmeriCard airdrop was, like, I think one what every every blockchain crypto startup that's trying to do an airdrop yeah. should actually read that case study because <laughs> there are some illuminating ideas there, like why that airdrop worked and why all the other ones are basically... Every airdrop that we've seen so far in crypto has basically failed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like mail drop more than airdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I mean it's interesting how they, uh, yeah, Visa basically back like was like a very card, but uh, they sort of pushed it into like you know into the entire city and sort of created uh, uh, an ecosystem that uh, uh, really allowed people to
0: start using it. So yeah, this was like, I think part of the difficulty in the space is that like we're building a platform, right? That like platforms are really hard to get going. You need like Mm -hmm. buyers and sellers, right? For for a platform to succeed, like providers and consumers and a platform itself doesn't create those magically out of thin air. Um, And Bitcoin in a way is kind of sort of doing that every time we have this like boom and bust cycle more people come into it, more people like understand custody and signing and like we get like the, the consumer side kind of grows and that becomes our our market that we can sell like cool products to like transfer USDC without paying an absurd that, uh, fee, right? <laughs>
1: we had Telegram and we have Libra, right? Uh, or Gram. I mean unfortunately Gram had to roll back their plans. Yeah. But uh, on that front. Front, I'm really hopeful that uh, you know the guys from Facebook. I mean, you know, I think that there is a lot of uh, suspicioncy around the fact that uh, who is behind the group. But I, generally speaking, like you know, but I'm uh, I'm a huge believer in you know what they do, and also I think that they have an exceptional team. And I think I really th- I really hope that they will be able to get uh, um, you know get that project in, into the mass.
0: Do, do you think like we're at that stage of like to like? I remember when um, Apple launched the iPhone, and that was kind of a revolutionary jump from you know, brew and rim and like all these kind of like feature phones or what they called smartphones, but weren't yeah. really smart <laughs> to Apple, like saying, okay, this is what it should be like, and that's really changing the industry. Um, do you think that? Facebook is actually in that position, and like the market is ready for that. Hey,
1: I think that they are the best bet right now. Uh, Yeah, I mean, be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I don't think that there are enough uh, runners in that race. But I think one of the the I think that one of the key components uh, that uh, are necessary more than anything else, more than like you know the think the fastest underlying blockchain and i think that the biggest the, the most important thing right now is uh reach right that facebook has um and two uh, the ability to create a user experience
0: that is simple enough for um you know for for but like i mean how would my parents know that they're using crypto versus Facebook pay, which exists already, like in Messenger and and Facebook, uh, right? Like, they're not gonna care. That's true,
1: (laughs) that's true. I I think they're not going to care on day one, right? But I think that where they care is that when they will go to an Uber, right, that is like, you know, part of the association, and they will see that if you're paying with your MasterCard, the ride is like, you know, $20. But if you're paying with uh, Libra, it's $18. Why? Because, you
0: know, Visa is not taking fees. Right. And. Well, that's, that's but I mean, the fee in, in like, with the, like, but I think like there's a, that, that narrative, I, I don't think it's like entirely true because like massive, everybody like at, at the Uber scale doesn't pay 3%, right? Like my bike shop pays 3%. Um, but like Uber pays, like Uber has a deal with Visa, right? MasterCard. Yeah, they don't Apple pay free, has- so
1: they pay one and a half, right? <laughs> but they pay. I mean, that's why, by the way, you have uh, you know the Uber wallet that you can charge. And uh, that's like the reason why Uber wallet is cheaper than, than Visa is because they're not paying the one and a half percent Visa uh, or whatever, or 2%. Uh, but I think that... It, yeah, the, the main thing over there is that I don't think that they will know what it is or like, you know, what the technology underneath it, but uh, people will start to see the like, maybe, I don't know if it's the side effect or the main effect of really using it, that it be, will become cheaper. And I think that like, that probably the areas where you see the most amount of impact is around the remittance, right? So when it's actually need to travel from one country to another country, that's like, you know, when things really become expensive and complicated for, uh, uh on, on traditional rails. And I mean, you know, this is actually one of the main use cases that people really using Bitcoin today for, uh, for paying subcontractors in countries that it's impossible to get, uh, fiat into, right? Yeah. And then they basically will start to see that, or, or, uh, I had like, you know, some conversation, um, With you know, it's not uh, Facebook, but like you know, a a company that's simply similarly positioned to them. And basically, what they told me is, you know, if you are sitting in Peru and you want to do like an e commerce transaction that is international, 90% of the population over there is uh, incapable of doing it because you actually need an international credit card. That doesn't that very few people have access to right so so many people will be able to use that so I think that I, well, what I hope right is that uh, it will start to change the 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 behavior of uh, of consumers and then and, and, and you know like Libra with everything that we know about it today from you know the public resources is not going to be perfect right it's not this utopian uh, dream of like fully decentralized network they still have a lot of uh sort of guardrails that were imposed on them by the by the regulators right but i think that them bringing the masses into uh into this world where um uh things are look slightly different will actually allow now you know companies like you guys and others to to basically step in and say by the way now let's take you from here to like, you know, to the real future.
0: I, I think like, I honestly, I want, I'm gonna disagree with you. <laughs> I, think, I think the part that they're going to miss is the fact that like, they're not gonna have yeah. self custody. Like the, user, the users are not gonna understand that they own cryptographic keys and everything is gonna be effectively through their, through their like kind of the Facebook window. And because it's all driven by Facebook, they're not going to be able to step across the kind of the sovereign lines that they're currently bound by. So the international users that want to transfer to remittance are going to have to go through the exact same like pain points that they do at Facebook. Not exactly.
1: Because at the end of the day, it's true that you need to be, uh, they don't allow self custody, but they actually going to have a vast framework which many of the players that you see today will be able to provide right so you will have uh, the local cryptocurrency exchanges part of that uh, network and potentially more and more providers and and between those vasps right it's actually an on-chain transaction so it's true that you cannot have like a ledger nano in your pocket and in day one and have libra on it and i think it's a big miss and, and i mean i think that uh, there is some level of disappointment from that. And, you know, also, you know, personally, I think that, uh, you know, I wish. So so you think that, okay, so you think that Binance is going to have Libra listed? I think that, you know, Coinbase will have Libra listed. And I think that, uh, you know, you, you see sort of like, you know, the exchanges that are already in the association. And I think that there will be, you know, from what my understanding is that, yeah, there will be. I don't know if Binance, I have no idea what's going on with Binance, but uh,
0: there will be local exchanges that will be part of that. So that that is like I think the I think the interesting thing that we'll see is like that that I'm not sure, maybe you're right. Like if we actually see like the ease of rails to plug into the into that financial like network are going to be much much simpler and smaller than the ease of like plugging into like the fiat based network. Um, that's an interesting point. Like, cause I think, right. Like, a like there's a part that isn't like even the consumer custody side solved with crypto. It's the actual, like in, institutional custody, like what you're working on, right. Which is like, can, can a small shop in Peru, like, can they store keys and connect to Libra in a secure way,
1: Yeah, so that's, I think, like, you know, one of the, you know, personally, I think that this is, again, some of the issues that will exist with Libra inevitably, right? Uh, So, I mean, just maybe to explain about our solution. Our solution, when it's basically being obtained, like if you have a hedge fund or another hedge fund, if you have a small shop in Peru, and you directly directly uh interfacing fireblocks then it's considered to be self custody basically you're deemed as the as yep. the um entity that custodize the funds uh and the uh mpc sort of setup uh is designed to basically support that right and the unfortunate thing is that uh, you know we currently have about 100 uh, customers on our platform On day one, a large amount of those customers will not be able to handle Libra directly. They will either need to, uh, they will need to obtain the VASP license. So some of them are, you know, obtaining the VASP license, some of them not. And some of them will be able to do it uh, potentially through us. But uh, there will be, unfortunately, the situation is that there will be some, and some of them are really sizable customers that, uh, on day one, they won't be able to access it, right? Just because the way that uh, they're going to govern the, the,
0: the currency. So is this licensing, uh, do you get it through Libra or do you get it locally? So, so it's not like
1: really licensing. It's uh, There is a, a vast framework that uh, Libra set up and you basically need to apply. Um, they, um, I think, you know, without getting to the, too much into the details over there, they do require you to have, um, they have a selection from a fairly broad uh, set of options, but you need to demonstrate, uh, uh, you need to demonstrate properties that uh, show that you are sort of
0: regulatory uh, compliant. Okay. I mean, that's actually pretty cool that that could be revolutionary okay i kind of buy this vision and um that's not something that i actually thought of possible like so libra can basically like standardize the ramp to get onboarded to this almost like cbdc or whatever people call it <laughs> the the this like here's like the digital dollar right we figured out all the pay all like the regulatory like speed bumps you're going to go through in your local jurisdiction go click through all these licenses and give us the docs and now you're onboarded and as soon as you're done with that the only thing that you need to do to stay compliant is like x y and z and use some kind of reasonable custody yeah yeah i
1: mean i mean look at the end of the day they I, i think that uh that's scary. Well, okay. Well, okay. No, obviously <laughs> but, when you go through through the I think that it's f- fairly clear from everything that was published in the news that when you go through this kind of exercise in in this massive scale then the first thing that the regulators want to understand is anti money laundering, right? That's the thing that scares people the most. Yes. And it's a real problem. I mean, it's not the, it's not that the, there is a a simple solution and and over the course of the you know last several decades the regulators really stepped in into uh putting a lot of those uh safeguards that you know not, none of us wants like you know see terrorist financing none of us wants to see uh pedophiles right basically uh being paid and so on so we all i think against illicit activity um, you know, this activity was uh, with currency is nothing new, right? I mean, some of the biggest banks. I don't know if you had a chance to watch uh, um, Dirty Money, it's like an, a series on, on Netflix, yeah. So, there's like this yeah, uh, yeah. episode there on, on HSBC. They basically, watch it, and you're like, okay, I understand why they're like, yeah, they're all freaking out. Uh, and and the first thing that they're trying to do is they're telling you, you know, if you're someone like Libra and you're trying to do it, they're basically coming in and tell you okay, this is the framework that we created over the last several decades. Figure out how you can fit
0: into this framework. Now, you know, you can, yeah. I mean, the scary scary part there is that Libra will implement it, right, and scale it globally. And now, like, I think, like, right now, like, like, illicit activity actually is actually easier to hide inside, like, banks and like these like human and human networks and as soon as the stuff goes digital immutable on a globally shared database it's impossible to hide right like that that's like the scary part right is that like these systems like facebook is going to take regulation and scale it out globally in like a very cryptographically secure way
1: which i don't know i mean yeah you can have different views on that (laughs) but i do agree with you that if you ask yourself who's probably in a better position to KYC a person, is it like you know an entire the entire world, world. is it world. your bank or is it Facebook? Right. Arguably it's Facebook, right? <laughs> they know more about me and you and anyone yes. else than you know when you if you walk into a citibank with your with your with your you know uh, <laughs> with your driver license, likely they know they, they know a fraction about you than what Facebook knows when you click uh, Facebook connect. Yeah,
0: man, that's kind of a frightening world. (laughs) Uh, um, Interesting though. Like, I mean, I haven't actually thought about it that way. That like, I've always considered Facebook as trying to build out um, like some lame version of Facebook pay, but just kind of calling it crypto. But if they can actually, like web scale, the, the regulation side and like web scale, the onboarding and all the ramps around the world. Um, that's a huge business opportunity and kind of one that um, I suppose only them or Google or like a big tech company would yeah. take. And,
1: and I right? mean, if you also look at the team, <laughs> most most of the team behind it, right, it's mostly like, it's really the top executive that came from PayPal, right? So they, they've seen this uh, um, thing, you know, Uh, And, and, you know, I think that in in many of the interviews, uh, I think that not only that it's a business opportunity for Facebook, but I think that some of the people that are really working on it, they do have aspirations to build something that is fundamentally new and that uh, releases you from the rails that they were confined into when they were working at PayPal, right? And uh, and, uh, the... and i think it's it's there's also there is also like this philosophical or motivation or or there is also like you know, this really inherent motivation over there to to change the status quo which i i admire i mean i think that it's uh i agree that there is like a scary part to it uh but
0: uh i don't know i mean we'll see what will happen in a year from now right um yeah i mean that that's frightening and exciting um you know, Chinese curse. May you live in interesting yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. I I honestly couldn't have imagined like a crazier set of events in 2020 to kind of accelerate all of this too. Like, I think the fact that we like a lot of us are forced to go remote, and the companies like Facebook and like tech companies in general, I think, are much better suited to actually take advantage of it that like us as engineers, we like just kind of get to work, right? It doesn't matter, right, where you're at. So that that to me was like, I think, an interesting accelerator for, for crypto.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I think that uh, people always, people people uh, knew that it's going to happen. I think that they, did, they didn't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. And I think definitely this is... a One of the more surprising ways that uh, it's being unfolded, right?
0: Yeah. So, uh, are you guys actually active in like the Facebook? Well, we're not in the
1: association, but we do have some work uh, um, around it, and some of our customers are uh, in the association that we we're working with. So um, you have a fairly good familiarity with the, you know, with with the technology and some of the basics, right? Uh, But we are not part of the association.
0: Um, so like, yeah, the the vision you described is actually like kind of bigger and different than what I anticipated because my, my like interface with Facebook folks is like the consumer side, right? Like kind of what you see on like facebook.com and this is more like a digital dollar. Like, so (laughs) like this is what I would expect. Like the, like almost like what, like a sovereign, like or state right to, to build like th- th- it's weird like this whole thing of like uh especially like with you know you hear like about china building blockchain you really understand what that is but are we like entering a world where now like money is competing between like like the big powers us china maybe europe here's like a digital version of that money and now like can we get every country in the world to use them? Is, are there only going to be three currencies, basically? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah, this is like kind of a bizarre world. Well, that's, I guess, like, you know, why you see uh, the regulators
1: sort of like you know, <laughs> jumping on it, right? Because they also understand there is something that is going on here that uh, they need to understand the uh, understand it through right to to, be, to make sure that uh you don't end up in something that is completely completely outside of their control
0: yeah i mean like what does like a smaller country do that doesn't have like like i mean like i don't know even like the country size of like like ukraine right like how are they going to how is that local currency going to compete with digital RMB or digital dollar, digital euro? Yeah, it's unclear, right? I mean, I'm not sure if uh, there is a good answer for that.
1: And maybe, you know, that's part of uh, this directional uh,
0: globalization. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 do Do you think it's like a force of good or like at the end of the day?
1: I mean, I think that, that to be honest, there are bigger problems, right? I mean, you know, you have like global <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. warming, right? That, yep. I think that they're like, you know, inherently there, like, there are things that are going to, as we discovered recently, there are things that can directly kill us, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. and probably, like, you know, if you ask yourself, okay, where should we focus our efforts, and ask yourself, uh, what's like a a big threat or like an obvious, a, a very clear threat, then uh, there are a few. I think that you know this. Uh, this is going to be an experiment. That like The, the worst case scenario of that experiment is that uh, maybe it's, it will be bad, better for some. You know, worse for others. Maybe it's not going to work. Maybe we need to like. Maybe it will be. You know, that we need to go back to the to the drawing board. Uh, but I think at, at the very least, it is it, it is something that is controlled,
0: right? Right. It's not going to kill us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's
1: not a, it's not a virus, and it's not, the, uh, you know, the, the the earth like you know fires in uh, in California.
0: But that is like I think an awesome final point. I think to add, to like kind of end this conversation on is that like everything we're working and solving on in crypto are not things that are gonna kill us, right? So we shouldn't really be too worried about them, mm. right? We yeah. can still have fun, right? Like um, right. Cool. Well, like, I mean, it's been a pleasure talking to you, like really, really fun conversation. And I actually learned a ton. Like I, I learned like a, what I didn't expect. <laughs> well, I'm
1: glad that I was able to contribute something. I mean, thank you so much. I mean, it was actually really fun and uh, we were able to, to cover a lot of great topics uh, without, uh, you know, in, in, I think, in a very interesting level. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, Bye-bye.